Hey everyone, before we get started with the podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitter at DRSCast and at Third Base Dugout. Also follow us on Instagram at dorm underscore room underscore sports. Also follow us on TikTok at dorm room sports and on YouTube at dorm room sports. Now get ready for the episode. Let's go. You're listening to the Third Base Dugout, presented by Dorm Room Sports. Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of the Third Base Dugout. I'm your host, Deer, along with Tex and Shelly, and we've got an awesome guest on today, Mr. Pitching Ninja himself, Rob Freeman. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about y'all? Man, it's, it's a great day. It's nice and beautiful outside, finally, and got the rain all out of here. Beautiful weekend. Where are you guys? Uh, up in I'm up in Richmond, uh, Texas, Texas and Virginia Beach, and then uh, Shelly's actually in Charleston, South Carolina. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. It's nice here too. I bet it's a little bit hotter uh, down there than than up here. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I think we're gonna get like in the 80s, something like that today. Mm, nice. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Salons are open. Have you been gotten your nails done yet? I have. I've actually gotten three tattoos, gone bowling, and got my nails done all in one day. And a haircut. Nice. <laughs> I haven't. I did my own hair. Oh, I not much. To do, not much to do. <laughs> this all right. So we've got a pretty packed episode today. Uh, we're going to ask Mr. Ninja here about his top five starting pitches of all time. That's going to be our segment on uh, a pitch, uh, position by position. Obviously, we did our catchers last week, and since uh, Mr. Ninja here is a Pitching guy himself, we're going to do starting pitchers today. And then we're going to ask you about Flat Ground App and how that started. Obviously, are you a co-owner or were you the sole, sole owner? Oh, sole flat, owner? flat Ground? I, I created it. I'm, gotcha. I'm the guy. That's uh, It's actually become a pretty big thing. I've, like It seems like my timeline is always filled with uh, Flat Ground App retweets and, um, and, and guys just throwing bullpens, throwing 72, trying to get a pro look. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's been great. I mean, it's been uh, probably better than what I thought it was going to be when I started it. It's uh, I'm. I wish it was kind of around when when I was coming through. I mean, um, coming up, it was it would have made the recruiting process a lot easier. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I've heard that a lot, and I totally agree. Um, and hopefully, made like it a lot easier on your parents' pockets too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> skip vacations and all that crap. It's kind of crazy because you basically changed how recruiting is done in the sense that now a lot of guys just get recruited solely off of Twitter. Yep. Uh, and you don't know how much I like hearing that because that that is the exact problem I was trying to, to solve because I was kind of sick of organizations taking advantage. You know, not even taking advantage of it. I think they were just doing what they could do. They offer services um, and people were getting kind of suckered in that that was the only way to to get seen and i was kind of uh trying to break that model that there had to be a better way i mean there just had to be because uh, there's no reason to spend a couple thousand dollars on a uh, in a showcase hotels and then travel parents taken off work um you and then you may have a you know crappy outing am i allowed to drop uh four letter words on this Yes, yes okay yeah you may have a shitty outing and have a you know say you have a stomach bug your parents just took time off work you're you're at this showcase you know and 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 you suck like 
you just wasted all that money, wasted all that time, wasted your parents' time. And it, and now coaches are sitting there going, you know, you just blew your one chance and, and flat ground gives you multiple chances. Um, you could show your, you at your best, which is awesome. Now, like, wasn't there a kid from the, I guess he went to a Rockies game and threw like 97 on one of the uh, pitching uh, games and he got signed by the A's or something? Yeah. So that, that is the, the, the longer story of that is he had posted on flat ground back in January of last year. Um, and it's, it's weird because he had, he was throwing, he had a broken glove side arm. Uh, broke his wrist. I think got hit by a car and was throwing, mm-hmm. <laughs> was th- throwing in, in, you know, indoors in a bullpen, um, about 95 and looked like he, no effort. I mean, like if you saw him, you'd be like, holy crap, this guy doesn't look like he's trying and he's throwing 95. So he'd gotten an interest from that, from being posted on flat ground back then. And I ended up seeing that video. I think I got tagged on his later on. He was throwing at a, at a game at a, at a, I think it was, it might've been a Rockies game. Um, and I, I saw it. I was like, wow, that guy can throw. And then I recognized his arm action. I'm like, that's the same dude. So, I yeah he really I made it like he got found by that he had gotten seen actually earlier, but uh, the story is better if he got seen at a at a at a game thrown in a radar gun booth and you know although with a broken arm in a bullpen is pretty cool too so either way the story is good either way but yeah he got somebody A's yeah did he do bios in the uh, in the parking lot before or did he just like roll into the into the game is like all right I'm gonna hit 97 today. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. I think he did that totally cold. Um, that's my, yeah, yeah, that's kind of sick. But it, I mean, again, if you saw his arm action just normally, dude is is a stud. And the thing is, he sucked when he was in high school. He was like small dude throwing, I believe, like low 80s, and just grew. And he, this so this is a great story about why flat ground's so cool. Is normally those guys would get overlooked, right? I mean, if you didn't do well before your senior year um, and and nobody recruited you, nobody did anything. He never even played college baseball. So nobody, yeah, he would have been a nobody. And then instead he's getting his stuff out there and it helps people that kind of fell through the cracks because they improved later on in their life. And there's just no reason why they shouldn't be seen. I mean, that's just stupid. Yeah. I'm still waiting to get seen by an organization through my throwing into a bullpen at a major league game or something like that. Oh, dude. I mean, just, just send it to me. I mean, I get people signed left and right. You don't even know. I mean, throw it. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. one of the powers of the internet is one of the advantages that come one of these new uh, perks. But so we're talking about Twitter and the internet. Um, how did pitching ninja, obviously your big baseball Twitter, um, most baseball players know of you, but how did that start? And when did that start up? Um, I started probably back in 2014, I think it was. So I'd been coaching for a while, coaching a number of years. And uh, I'm like one of those guys who asked a lot of, a lot of questions, but be, like pointed questions, mostly because I'm trying to learn. And I never wanted to kind of teach stuff that was just stuff that I'd been taught growing up or stuff that everybody, you know, the neighborhood guy who played in the minors, uh, you know, teach it, do pitching lessons. Um, you know, I tried to, I tried to learn from the best and I kind of, I think I did. I just surrounded myself with a lot of smart folks uh, like Kyle Bodie, um, Eric Cressy, Alan Jager, Lance Wheeler, 
bunch of really good guys that had uh, you know a lot of knowledge, and we used to kind of go to like uh, there's a there's a pitching message board back in the day that we all used to share ideas. I did it from a coaching standpoint. Um, so other people did it from a playing standpoint, and then I tried to just ask questions and 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 mostly to doubt what folks do and try to poke holes in it. And then if it, it survives, then it's a good idea. So anyway, I learned a bunch of stuff during that to help teach my players. And I figured that someday I wasn't going to uh, be coaching. Like at some point, I was just going to stop. I did it for fun. But I didn't want that all that information to kind of just die with me. Like once I start stop coaching, I didn't want other people to have to relearn all this stuff. So I figured I'd start sharing it. So that's really where it started is more from trying to help everybody. And then I used pro guys to kind of, show what real life pitchers were doing as opposed to what you're being taught by your local coach saying, yeah, you may be taught a balance point, but nobody freaking does that. Uh, and, and just giving examples of what the best in the world do. And from that, it ended up got from a lot of large coaching following. And then players started uh, joining in. I started showing pitch grips and then just cool pitches um, to, to venture to do the entertainment side of it. Um, and also show strategy, like how people tunnel pitches and stuff like that. So it's really expanded off the beginning was really to teach um, and help coaches and players. But now it's like everything. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your uh, pitch grip drop box. I know Eric Sims, a big promoter of that. <laughs> um, Sim rocks. But like, good. that's such a cool resource for younger guys who, I mean, I'm not a pitch myself, but I know uh, Brian is like guys who are trying to figure out a grip. How are you able to get these pro guys to just release their secrets like that? So some of it is just doing research, watching games and figuring out when they actually shared it with the broadcast. Other guys will send me their grips um, just because they want to pay it forward with uh, with other players. Uh, and and they'll they'll send me their grips. And sometimes I'll just ask um, there are pitchers that I've helped or MLB guys that I've helped just borrow. Say, you know, they wanted to find a grip from somebody else and I'll go ask them. Uh, had Lance McCullers. I'd, I'd been talking about his two seamer. He just said he he created a video in the uh, in the locker room after a spring training game for me for his two seamer. Um, so there's guys are really willing to help pay it forward. They just don't want to be bugged to death, and they know I don't bug them to death. So they're pretty open with me. And and again, this is one of the things that I want to do. Is it's in the teaching thing. I want to make the game better. And I don't think everything. I don't think this stuff should cost money. So I do it for free because I want to, you know, if you don't have any money, why should you not be a good baseball player? It's bullshit. I mean, why should you, why should baseball be a, a rich kid sport in the U S when it's not anywhere else? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And that's an awesome platform um, to go through Twitter's free and your account's free and all the stuff you provide is free, which is awesome. Um, what's one, who's one person that maybe DM'd you, sent you a video and you were starstruck and you were like, Oh wow. Like, this is kind of big. This has grown from what I thought it was originally going to be. Who's one of those people that sticks out to you? So like the very first dude who did, who started debating with me was uh, Billy Wagner. Uh, and this is really early on. This is like really, really early on. We started talking about Randy Johnson and I said, Randy Johnson didn't use his lower half. He said, no, no, he did. He'd used it really well. And then it ended up that I showed him some videos. He's like, Oh, you're right. And he pitched with Randy Johnson. Like they were on the same team and he didn't notice that. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, I don't, I don't know that I get like, I love getting this stuff every day. I don't really get starstruck cause it's not like a thing anymore. Um, 
but I do help folks all the time. And, uh, you know, any MLB guy that, that wants help, I'm more, actually anybody that wants, I don't care if they're, I mean, I, I help high school kids all the time. Uh, so it just, I mean, it's fun to share grips and all that stuff, but yeah, I, I would say Billy Wagner was the first one that jumped out at me. Like, this is cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I want to kind of play off of that question. Do you have a favorite pitcher or um, a favorite pitch of all time that you continue to go back to? Yeah. I mean, my favorite pitch of all time is Pedro Martinez's changeup. And there's a specific one that I had tweeted out uh, maybe earlier this month. Um, it was against the Rays. And uh, it was just, it was ridiculous. More because not only was it a nasty pitch, but he also uh, stared at, I believe it was Gerald Williams, uh, stared him back into the dugout, which was awesome. I love shit like that. Um, so going off that question, if you had, so you're playing MLB The Show, you're creating a road to the show, a pitcher, and you have four slots, four pitching slots to pick, what four pitches are you picking? You just mentioned Pedro Martinez's changeup. What other three pitches are you taking? I mean, some of it depends on how they're, they're programming the thing, but uh, I would say Rivera's cutter is an all-time great pitch, and that may be the best pitch of all time just because that's basically all he threw and no one could hit it. Um, I would say Maddox's two-seamer is a f- favorite of mine. Um, Randy Johnson's slider is unhittable. And, uh, I mean, I love Jordan Hicks's fastball, both movement-wise and obviously velo. Nobody throws a 104, 105 with as much movement as he does. I mean, like he's filthy, and I don't think he gets the respect out of uh, MLB the show that he that he deserves. Yeah, that guy sounds like he's a uh, ten perfect games, no one runs. How does anybody hit that dude? I mean, it, you're throw you're throwing that hard and have a, a a disgusting slider on top of that. I don't understand. Like, unless you're, I mean, you have to guess a hundred percent right, and even then, that's got to be really really tough. I mean, it's one thing to throw 104, like, flat. So, like, I mean, you see some of Aroldis Chapman's, like, high-velocity pitches are, like, I mean, they're decently flat because he just throws a straight four-seamer. But, like, if, like, Jordan Hicks, you watch his, and, like, there is not a single flat pitch that he throws. Everything is moving one way or the other, and it's it's unbelievable to watch him throw so i got into an argument with somebody an agent who was saying yeah jordan hicks he's he throws hard but his stuff is it, it doesn't move and i'm like no you're on crack i mean that's just <laughs> it's just not true like go watch a game and you're 100 right i mean i don't understand how anybody hits that uh other even if he misses a spot i mean i don't i don't care you're throwing 104 i mean you can miss your spot all day long i mean you're either walking or or caying to me what blows my mind is how Yachty's able to catch some of those uh, 104 mile hour sinkers. Yeah, he caught one of the nuts though, which kind of sucked. I mean, that, yeah. it was, I think it was off a foul tip, but that that man, oh man, like how the heck do you ever go back there again after that? Yachty's built differently though. Um, so we obviously have a mutual friend. Our name will not be given. But we want you to give a scouting report on said friend. Uh, we know <laughs> that you you coached him 
uh, in his early years, right? I coached him for a number of years. I coached him when he was uh, six and I coached him when he was in high school and, uh, and probably still, if he was in town, would come over and, uh, and throw, even though he does it. Well, I guess he now thinks he's asking me pitching questions. So uh, who knows if he'll end up pitching. (laughs) He asks a lot of freaking questions. Oh yes, he does. (laughs) All right. So you, so uh, there was a point in practice in high school where like I am the nicest high school coach. I'm sorry. I, I just don't ever get on anybody. I'm just trying to help. But he would not stop asking me questions and questions he knows the answer to, like just because he doesn't know how to shut up. And uh, and I said, William, one more. Oh, sorry. I, mm-hmm. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, dude, you asked me one more question and you're running and you're and you're running polls. And I don't ever make anybody run because I freaking hate running myself. And like two minutes later, asked me a question. I'm like, that's it. Hit the fence. And and I just made him keep running. I mean, <laughs> you just cannot not ask a question. He's also <laughs> one of the slowest. Don't worry. His... No, what? I said, the, don't he... worry. He still asks a ton of questions. <laughs> yeah. I okay. mean, maybe if we just talk out loud about this and, and everybody knows about it, then maybe he'll stop. But I don't think that's going to stop him. I mean, he just can't help himself. We'll we'll make sure he listens to this episode. Awesome, that's we'll, that's we'll great. Sit him in a chair, tie him to a chair, and just force him to listen to it. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. Um, let's see, scouting report. I mean, all right. So this is one of the cool things about the the dude um, is he really like. I went back and looked at at kind of grades that we had even back when they were six, and everybody's trying to do the draft and all that. He was ranked ter- like terrible. Like he was a horrible, <laughs> a freaking horrible six-year-old. Like didn't like like we're talking ones and twos out of a scale of five. One of the hold lowest. On, hold on. Y'all ranked six-year-olds? Yeah, who's uh, oh yeah, yeah, you had to because this is like, I mean, I don't know if they're rating them on their mom half the time, but they're you definitely had to rate six-year-olds. Oh no, um, like was their contact rating like super high because it was off of a T? <laughs> Yeah, I, but his power was nothing. Like the kid couldn't do anything. He was, I mean, he's he's still pretty slow. But uh, it was like, and, and and he ended up being like he was the last kid you would have thought would be playing college baseball, which means he worked his butt off, which is a great sign. Um, you know, maybe the questions are a good thing because he learned from from asking him. I don't think so. I think he just asked questions for for the fuck of it. Um, <laughs> but he did get, I'm like, he practiced and got, and, and legit was a, was a, you know, a, a good baseball player by the time he was in uh, high school, but never thought in a million years that he was slow as can be. Like, I think there's a, I think there are turtles that can beat him. Um, well, I'm that's confident. conveniently his, one of his many nicknames we have for him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Turtles. Yeah. Ask him about, uh, ask him about Commander Salamander. Has he ever done that? We haven't heard this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just ask him to do it. And uh, there was a car ride that we were driving to a, uh, a travel ball tournament that it, it, I, I, there has to be video to, to show what I'm talking about. But it's 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 uh, it's you'll, you won't stop laughing because the kid is a, a freak. <laughs> Just as a disclaimer, we all love him, though. He's a great kid. And as you said, oh, yeah, but yeah, for sure. He can be asking the questions, but I love this kid. No, no, no. We were actually texting this week about something else. I mean, he is a uh, actually yesterday about something else. He's he is a great kid, can hit, yeah. um, 
and and actually has a really good glove too. He's just slow. <laughs> he does. He, honestly, now his power might be one of his his best attributes as a hitter. You know, he all right. So he was at a uh, a home run derby with my own kid, and I was pitching to both of them. And he, I mean, he can he can definitely rake. I mean, kid's got a lot of power, uh, and can throw pretty well too. Like his curveball is legit nasty. I I taught him at asking that. Um, I taught him his curveball, the same one he still throws, and it's really good. His fastball was eh, but his uh, his curveball's really good. Speaking of curveballs, um, we see on your Twitter a lot of uh, 69 mile an hour pitches. What like is obviously we find that funny. Uh, is do you have a favorite 69 mile an hour pitch or like a favorite pitcher who uh, consistently hits 69? Yeah, I think uh, my favorite pitcher who hits 69 is uh, is Zach Grinky, and I think he does it as a joke. I think he is intentionally doing it. Um, because he's just this weird, uh, silent freak. He's, he's awesome. Um, so yeah, him and, and Kyle Hendricks regularly does, but that might be his fastball. Uh, <laughs> it was slow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually Grinky, I had a running thing with, I mean, he, he, geez, I did, a, I did, a, I think two minutes of his 69 mile an hour curveballs at one point. Really, really good. So another pitch that's, usually clocks in at 69 miles an hour is the knuckleball. And you posted a video of R.A. Dickey's, I guess, when he was warming up. But with today's spin rate being as, as prevalent as it is and the knuckle having no spin, do you, do you see this that pitch making a comeback anytime soon? Uh, you know, it's it's you can see from that video how hard it is to even catch that. Like, I don't know how where you start to catch that unless you had some idea, unless you caught him a lot. And new to, to to watch that movement, I would have no idea how to even catch that ball, um, which means it's impossible to hit. If you can't catch it with a glove, how are you going to hit it? I think you know it just depends. It comes and goes. It's really pitcher dependent. I think I mean a spin rate is one thing, and there's pitchers that are successful because of high spin, and pitchers that are successful because of low spin, and it's really kind of knowing anything that's outside the medium, the, the average. So if you're an average guy, you're going to get, you know, that's what batters are expecting. You're going to get, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard day, but if you're a high spin rate guy, the ball stays up a little more or, or breaks a little more. Um, if you're low spin rate guy, it tends to drop more. So one, you, you need to be on either end of the bell curve on that. We had a, we had interviewed Chris Taylor in our first episode and he had said for him personally, the hardest pitch he faces is like that, Strasburger or Scherzer up and in fastball, like uh, just hard to get the barrel to it. Would you agree that that might be the hardest pitch to hit, or is, would you think a six and nine curve or a knuckleball from Dickey is one of the hardest ones? What would your What were your thoughts? Well, I would say uh, Strasburg and Scherzer, when you combine it with their changeup, makes that pitch unhittable. So you're dealing with a an up and in pitch, and then having to protect against. I mean, shoot, uh, Strasburg's curveball and his changeup are i mean I, there's not it's, it's absolute elite same thing i mean with uh scherzer you have to deal with a, a, a slider that's one of the best of all time a changeup that is elite and then his uh i mean he also throws a hard cutter and occasionally he'll chuck in a a, a curveball his curveball's kind of average-ish but uh that that combined with that fastball that just gets on you and both of them have fastballs that move a lot 
yeah, I can imagine that it's, it's, it's really them all put together. So you, I mean, any major league hitter can hit that one pitch if they see it over again, other than Rivera's cutter, but having, having an arsenal where you have multiple elite pitches makes that fastball impossible because you're tunneling it with everything else and it just gets on you. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. So I actually have been curious about this question for a while. Um, when you watch baseball games, is your phone like readily available when like you see a nasty pitch and like, or like Blake Trinan comes in or, uh, or Jordan Hicks and you're like, Oh shit, that was a nasty pitch. Got to post on Twitter. Like it is, is that like a, is that like a thing for you? Like, do you sit on the couch like and pretty much wait for a pitch to put on Twitter? Combination of things. I mean, a lot of times there are pitchers that I just know to watch like, uh, you know, DeGrom's on the bump. I'm probably going to be watching him. Uh, and and then there are times where somebody will text me, DM me, or you know, or otherwise, I'll I'll just look through, you know, while games are going on, I'll look through box scores and see if somebody struck out on something that appears to be uh, nasty. It's a bunch of different things. I watch a lot of games, obviously not lately because there ain't none, but uh, I end up watching a lot and have kind of my favorite guys to to choose from. I've also had players. DM me in the middle of games that they're pitching either about their own stuff or about the opposing pitcher stuff, or to just make fun of one of their teammates who just caved. So uh, you, I, it, after you get out there, then you create this whole bunch of different sources. So there's not a lot of things that get, that get by me. And I usually get on them pretty quickly. Who's one Wait, of the, sorry, Shelly, I know you have a question real quick. I kind of want to follow up on that really quick. Um, you hold on. So you had pitchers DMing you in the middle of games, like that. Absolutely. They were yep. Like wow. Wow. Like so. Say they went out for the second inning and then came back into the dugout in the bottom of the second, and they DM'd you like in that inning. Um, it is yes, it has absolutely happened multiple. That times. is unbelievable. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. Like, in, and this is the thing: like your high school coach would yell at you about having your phone in the dugout. Meanwhile, these guys are are absolutely doing that. Can you drop some names? I, I I can't, but you probably could guess who they are just because you see interactions with me and them regularly. <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think it was maybe two or three years ago, uh, back when MLB was being super stingy with their content. I think your account may have gotten suspended. Oh, it did. did. Yeah. So, like, take us through that. Because you were on the rise at that point, like your your name was starting to get thrown around the baseball community a lot, and then MLB's like, "All right, this guy's good for baseball. Let's suspend his account." <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what happened. So yeah, I mean, I had tweeted a pitch. Uh, I think it was a it was a Noah Syndergaard two seamer that just moved like it was like it was possessed. I mean, I don't even know what happened with that pitch. And I slowed it up and and showed how it was moving. Um, and you're right. I had a bunch of followers and that was more in my kind of like sharing information, coaching days versus the entertainment part days. Um, and somebody at, uh, well, so, somebody at, at, at Barstool had complained about like, you know, they used my, the, the pitch first, they gave me credit. Then they tweeted out like that it was their own. And I was like, come on, dude, don't just don't steal people's stuff. Like, Give me a break. Just tweet it, retweet it. It's cool. Um, but don't pretend like it's yours. And I complained. They ended up getting a whole bunch of followers to contact MLB um, and Twitter. 
and they basically took down my account in the middle of the night. I woke up and my phone was blowing up and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and it, it, and I went back to sleep cause I'm like, you know what, if, if they keep me, if, if they keep me off Twitter and my account gets suspended, that means that, that, and it's permanently suspended. Then I have more time to do whatever I wanted to, you know, other stuff that's life. If MLB doesn't like it. That's, that's the way it is. Uh, but I had a feeling things would work out well. Um, and then I started seeing, you still get notifications if you've been suspended. So I was getting all these notifications from MLB players and front office guys complaining that my account got taken down and complained to MLB about it. Uh, and then fans too, um, and people that were following me generally, they were all upset. And like a week later, I got a call from MLB and they said, oh, we love your stuff. We just meet, we just want to make it totally legit and, uh, we want you to be an independent contractor for us. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And they don't, they don't tell me what to do. They never tell me what to do. Um, so they ended up realizing that the account was good for the game and, and provided both teaching and, and, uh, and entertainment. And also that, look, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't getting paid for anything. It's not like I'm sitting there making money off this thing. I wasn't running ads or anything. I was trying to help people. Uh, so I think all that combined made them understand that, that it was good. Um, in general for the game and to follow that up fast forward I actually I think it was last summer during the college world series I think your videos like your overlay videos were on the broadcast so like how did ESPN reach out to you about that oh yeah yeah so I, I work for ESPN too um, I'm a pitching analyst for them I did every Sunday night baseball game last year they had uh, one of my overlays it asked me like hey what do you have on this picture and i I would uh, come up with something for every week. And then for college baseball too, um, helped out those guys just because, I mean, I think college baseball is like a hugely underrated sport. Um, it, it, the, it, it's awesome because kid, like you're seeing like you can bring a kid to a game, you know, a kid growing up who's a baseball player and college kids they love getting asked for autographs or they don't mind it as opposed to pro guys who just walk the other way half the time and have to go do something. So, uh, and, and a kid, you know, your five-year-old doesn't give a crap if it's a guy at, you know, Florida state giving him an autograph or somebody at a MLB game. They don't know. They know it's just a big kid that's, that's playing baseball on a field. So that stuff's awesome. Um, you know, the games are reasonable for, to take a family and, kids like give a crap. I mean, you're watching college game. They're, you know, people talk shit they're doing. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great game. Um, so I think being able to highlight that is important. I mean, I think that, that it's just a kind of, again, football, college football and college basketball get all the love. Yeah. And honestly, it's the college world series and the regional tournaments leading up to that. That's honestly a harder tournament to win than, the uh, basketball or football because football is pretty much dominated by four teams, but right. anybody's got a chance in the college world series. That's what makes it so cool. I think it needs Dude, more, more love. Totally agree. And, and actually one of the, I was thinking of like the two times I yelled at my TV during, or just like got up and, and, and cheered for somebody um, and, and, and just uh, started screaming at my screen. One of them was Kumar rocker in that, uh, in that game against Duke. Duke, yep. I remember watching that. I sat up and watched that from like the fifth inning on. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I when they did, when uh, 
when Duke called that conference and Rocker just uh, you know came back and caved the dude. I was just, I mean, I wasn't rooting for anybody. I'm not a Vandy fan. I'm not a, I knew Kumar growing up, um, but I was just a baseball fan. And I was like, that kid has just gigantic nuts to be able to do that. And then scream at them was just awesome. The other time was when uh, Scherzer broke his nose and, and Cade 10, I think that game, his last <laughs> K I screamed at the, uh, at the TV too. I love it. I love it. So we found something on your Twitter. Actually, Andrew did just um, just now. So we have a segment called Old Timers Baseball mm-hmm. where we uh, pick we each pick a funny name from baseball history uh, <laughs> yeah. each week. And we found one on 420 of uh, yeah. <laughs> So like literally I found that dude on 420. I mean, I was looking for something to tweet on 420. And that is the best baseball name out there. I mean, it's just... We, I think Tex had uh, Dick Pohl. I had uh, Pete Lecoq. And um, Shelly had Chief Bender. Right. Uh, there's Rusty Kuntz is what I... K-U-N-T-Z is a pretty good name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Urban Shocker was a good name. Uh, <laughs> but that... But that, I mean, Little Stoner is, is freaking awesome. Like, I don't know how everybody does it. Like, that should be a household name. Should be a rapper name, honestly. That's what it, it it's totally should. Well, I just keep thinking of. I mean, I ended up uh, tweeting it, but I keep I kept singing to myself, uh, "Young Thug, I'm a stoner." While I was stoner, tweeting I'm that, stoner, I'm, stoner, I'm a stoner. Yeah, <laughs> I could not get that out of my head after Little Stoner. So I have one more question for you before we uh, head into uh, position by position. Um, so. Cespedes Family Barbecue obviously does their backyard baseball stuff now, and um, and you're tweeting out some of the uh, you know crazy pitches that they do. Have you had like is that your way of coping without baseball right now? It's one of my ways, unfortunately. Yeah, um, uh, I actually was on their show to broadcast, help doing the the color for one of their uh, backyard baseball things. Uh, I've done MLB the Show stuff. Um, I just, I mean, it, it sucks not having, not having baseball. I'm trying to find stuff to make it entertaining. Um, I've been watching baseball in Taiwan. I'm going to watch KBO stuff from uh, South Korea. Um, just kind of anything. Cause I want to keep, I, I think people should be engaged. Keep, you know, keep waiting for MLB to get back. And I'm also trying to find bullpens. So like, uh, I mean, Marcus Stroman will send me bullpens when he throws them. Uh, getting some oh, college <laughs> yeah i mean how cool what the hell like that's that's freaking awesome but i'm like jealous i mean how many baseballs do you have to have though like you like one bad pitch that goes in the ocean yeah i was i was joking because like if if i was catching my kid uh we did that we like on every vacation we took we brought baseballs and we throw and stuff we did in japan we threw it in italy like if we did that, he'd be throwing baseball after baseball in the freaking ocean. I'd be like, <laughs> we'd have like none left. I hope he hears this. This is absolutely true. Uh, All right. Great. So, so with backyard baseball, does uh, Pablo Sanchez deserve to get at least one or two votes for the Hall of Fame? I, I mean, he's got to. He's he's all time great. And Pablo Sanchez, who's better? I mean, maybe peak Barry Bonds, but that's about it. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 can I, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, I would say A-Rod, A-Rod but he was doing steroids at the time. Right, right? yes. Yeah, exactly. At least Pablo didn't do steroids. So. I'm a big Keisha fan. Keisha Phillips. 
Oh yeah, she's she's pretty uh, badass too, no doubt. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go ahead and move into position by position, giving our top five starting pitchers of all time. So we're gonna start with our fives, then fours, then threes, twos, etc. So, uh, Mr. Ninja, I'm gonna get you to start us off with your number five pitcher of all time. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, should I throw in a current guy for number five, or should I throw in? I mean, because I can go history. Or I can throw in like a, uh, I was debating. I'm going between Gibson or Scherzer. See, I've got a, I've got a current guy at number four. Okay. Who's so, your number four? Uh, Kershaw is actually my number four. Heck Who? Yeah. Kershaw. Yeah. I mean. I mean, like he's had how many straight seasons without a four ERA? Yeah. A, I mean, legit, he is so underrated. Um, I mean, clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer and – competitor good dude i think we take we take him for granted and able to make the adjustment once he once he lost his velocity if he was still throwing 95 96 he'd still have a one you know 180 ra <laughs> freaking sick all right so i mean you can have a tie at number five like for my catchers i had a tie at five so um if you want to put scherzer and gibson at five then yeah why don't i tie that? i'll have them tied at five all right shelly uh, I've got Sandy Koufax at my number five, and I would have him higher if his career was a little bit longer, but that six-year right. stretch from 61 to 66 was just God-level stuff that he was doing. I think his highest ERA in that six-year stretch was like a 3.52 in 61, and then after that, he didn't have a single season where his ERA wasn't above 2.5. Um, I mean, the dude was the best pitcher in baseball. Great point. And the one thing that people don't realize, um, if you look back early in his career, he walked a shit ton of people. Yes, he so, did. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, well, why isn't this guy good? He, you know, today you're, you're seeing a 23, 24 year old and you're, you're, you're saying he sucks. I think we got like uh, blue angels or something flying over my house right now. That's kind of cool. Um, but you know, people don't understand a pitcher's develop, and he was one of those guys that was wild early in his career and then figured it out. Same thing with like a Nolan Ryan or a, a Randy Johnson, they all developed later, yeah. Yep, all right, Tex, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, I was get Kofax was up there, but he didn't make my top five, I think he might have been six. I think Johnson's my Randy Johnson's my five, the big unit. Um, and like you just said, Mr. Ninja, he developed a little bit later in his career, but then when his career started blooming, he was sensational. Um, and one of the only three pitchers to win the Cy Young in both NL and AO. I, I definitely have him in my top five. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I've got, I've got uh, good old Bobby Gibson up top, uh, or at the, at number five and, uh, with his, uh, obviously we had a question about it, which is going to be, uh, on the. I guess it's a part of this episode. We had a separate segment uh, on baseball trivia, and it was like who had the uh, only who had the most strikeouts in a playoff game in MLB history, and Bob Gibson seventeen in the nineteen sixty eight World Series. Yep, uh, I've gone back and done video for. I mean, yeah, for me. great, and uh, his he's one of those guys who I look at um, from a mental game standpoint too. You, he's just out compete you. I mean, that dude would tear your freaking head off or look like he would. I mean, he may be a nice guy, but he'd also, I mean, I have a feeling he would just eat your brains. I mean, that dude is, is his awesome. mental game reminds me a lot of what Scherzer does, where he yeah. just, just wants to kill you. Yeah, I love that. It's awesome seeing that. 
Well, it's funny. So then I kind of tied them on that. So my five were Gibson and Scherzer. Yeah, that actually makes a good valid point. All right. So you're uh, you're number four. Uh, My number four is Tom Seaver. Mm. Um, He did not crack my top five. Yeah. And if you go back, you'll see, uh, dude, I think he still holds the all time record for seasons in a row with over 200 K's. Um, underrated pitcher and uh and just i mean he's he was really 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 good top tier all right shelly my number four is pedro martinez um wow poor pedro's getting jobbed oh my goodness (laughs) i i know i mean the guys i have in front of them it's it's such a close race at the top but pedro's my four uh that stretch he had in what from 98 to basically 04 for the Red Sox, because I mean I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm gonna gonna put my guy in there. But like, dude, he was unreal. I mean, back when wins actually meant something, he was racking up 20 wins like it was nothing. And then the '99 All Star game where he just sat down everybody that came up. That's that's a defining a career defining moment. I, I, I'm not gonna argue with you at all about that, dude. Um, it for a period of time is probably the nastiest pitcher ever. Yeah, and. Uh, and mental game wise, another guy. So you, I mean, if, if you notice, there, a lot of these guys have, you know, he's one of those guys who stare at you till you went back in the dugout. He would throw inside. Um, he he he's a, a a tough dude and had ridiculous stuff. Three, you know, elite pitches. Yeah. And another he, thing, another he, thing about Pedro is like physically wasn't anything special. Like I think he was like maybe five nine right. max, but the dude. I mean, mentally, it was just ahead of everybody. Yep. And hated it. That actually drove him. He had a chip on his shoulder his whole career because everybody overlooked him, and, and that made him great. Yeah. You know, if you look, if you watch you watch uh, the, the last dance with uh, Jordan, same thing. I mean, Jordan drove, got, was driven by all the times he got slighted, and that made him better because he wanted to prove it to everybody, shove it in your face that he was just better than you. Yeah, and uh, Pedro's on my list, but um, one of my favorite memories was the Who's Your Daddy in New York when they were just cheering that. Right, yeah. Yeah, that always But uh, my number four is going to have to be um, good old Lefty Grove. Um, Yeah, that's a good pick. uh, The Lefty Triple Crown winner um, for the pitchers, win strikeouts in ERA, and uh, led the American League four times with the um, strikeouts um, in 29-31. And uh, the eighth best winning percentage with a 680. Um, And he's my number four. All right. My number four, honestly, my one through four could interchange with each other. Um, But my number four is Clayton Kershaw. Um, Ten straight seasons without an ERA that has hit the three mark. Um, He finally hit, uh, had a 303 ERA this past year. But from 2009 to 2018, never had an ERA above three which is unbelievable to me. Um, yeah. Just like all the, just the sheer dominance that he had. I mean, 2014 had six complete games with a 1.77 ERA, which is unbelievable to me. Uh, another, another big competitor uh, who he, he kind of breaks your heart. Like I hated the playoffs seeing him not do well, because I think it's a crap shoot when you get in the playoffs um, and then everybody just holds it over him. Like, you know how much that kills him. Like that dude is a competitor and one of the great guys in baseball. 
Yeah, and we had talked to Chris Taylor, and he had said that that one tweet that came out when he was in Houston in 17 and he threw all those breaking balls and not one swing and miss, you just feel bad for the man. And right. That, that regiment or that stigma that comes with him that he's not a playoff pitcher, but it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were saying about David Price wasn't a playoff pitcher, and then he has one of the great playoff games that, you know, just – Oh, yes, he did. I love yeah. that game. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. All right, Rob, you're number three. My number three, I have uh, the big unit. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going more reasonably new. Like, if I'm throwing in old older guys, you know, my, my list is going to be broken um, because you can – I mean, Lefty Grove clearly should be in there. And, uh, and number one isn't debatable if you're going back um, – through history, but we haven't gotten there yet. I'm just saying my list is more people that I've kind of, uh, seen, watched, watched a lot of video of. So I'm going with the big unit. Hmm. All right. Shelly. Well, number three is Bob Gibson. Um, I mean, the dude dominated the sixties. I mean, 68 was an absolutely unbelievable season. I think he ended the year with like a one, one, two ERA. With 28 CGs, 13 shutouts. Yeah, the 28 I mean, CGs. That like, is how ridiculous. Do you do that? Yeah, people don't do that in their career now. No, and he actually—I mean—he won the MVP, which is a, a position player award historically. But oh, that was the yeah. year of the pitcher, though. Yeah, one thing. Go back and look at Mark Fidrich. I, I know you all. Yeah, probably. So look how many look how many complete games he had in his career. Um, his rookie season look at how many complete games he had his rookie season i think that's the last time anybody kind of did that um i mean obviously his arm fell off but it's insane like the amount of innings he threw he came up kind of mid-year um it, he didn't start throwing throwing a starting rotation until like may or june and he threw like an ungodly amount of innings that year yeah, so in 29 starts, he had 24 CGs. <laughs> I, uh, I actually want to kind of play on that. Dazzy Vance, If you have you ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. So, obviously, Rogers Hornsby's 1924 season is one of the greatest of all time, but he did not win the MVP award because of Dazzy Vance, and I actually wrote an article about it. Uh, Dazzy had a 218 ERA and had 30 complete games. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 insane. Yep. So, all right, Tex. Oh, uh, my number three is gonna go with uh, six-time Cy Young or seven-time before after he retired. Roger Clemens obviously had the six Cy Youngs and retired for a little bit, then came back for seven. Um, Four thousand six hundred seventy strikeouts, third all time, um, and more Cy Youngs than any other pitcher in baseball history. That's a good one. All right, my number three is going to be the same as Rob's with the big unit. Obviously, um, like I said, my one through four can be pretty interchangeable. But, um, yeah, Randy Johnson is going to be my number three. Nice. All right, number two. My number two is Pedro Martinez. Um, Mm. Again, pretty much anything. He could be number one. You could argue that at least if you're talking about a stretch of time, there was not a more dominant pitcher. Uh, so I'm going, I'm going Pedro. Plus I just like him. I mean, I like his stuff. I think he's one of the, the, uh, I mean, all of his, his curveball is change up and his fastball, um, overpowering. And, uh, yeah, I'm, that's my, my answer and I'm sticking to it. I feel like we have the same one through three. <laughs> we might, I mean, my three, they, they're kind of peers. 
because uh, one, you'll, you'll, you probably can guess from the people I haven't mentioned. <laughs> All right, Shelly. All right, my number two is Greg Maddox, the professor. Uh, dude didn't necessarily have the power stuff, at least like midway through his career, but he just beat you with his mind. The dude was a master on the mound, won 355 games, and was part of that three-headed monster that the Braves teams had in those 90s. I, would, I mean, between him and Tom Glavitt, I, I'd probably give the edge to Maddox as the ace on that staff, but they had three with, with Smoltz as well. But, yeah, Greg Maddox. So, so one thing that I think any Braves fan would say is that in any elimination game, Smoltz was probably your dude. Smoltz like, in the playoffs was a different animal. He was just right. I mean, I don't even think that's a debatable thing. Like every Braves fan was like, if John Smoltz is pitching, you ain't losing. Um, and he was a different, like just competitor with just crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that's, yeah. I, they, staff is crazy. I've got a pretty cool story about Smoltz. Um, so I actually was invited up to the UVA baseball hall of fame induction um, back in, I think it was 2018. And, or actually I think it was January of 2019. So, um, and he actually was giving the speech during the uh, hall of fame induction. And he was telling me, um, or I pulled him off to the side afterwards and he was kind of just kind of telling me about those, those big games. And like, you can literally just tell, like, he's still that same way today about how he just continues to compete. Like he, like he wants to be, he wanted to be so like ahead of everyone else in terms of pitching. It was unbelievable. Like just the way he explained it to me um, and like just being able to talk to him. Cause I mean, I had his Jersey growing up going to Braves games and like, it's, it, he is exactly who I wanted him to be as a little kid. Yeah. I mean, he even said he used to put himself in that position, like be sitting at home going, you know, it's game seven and mentally going through those reps Good when he was a kid, in. like ever since he was eight was putting himself in that. And it's, it's certainly uh, that, that paid off. And, and the, he never wanted anybody else to be in the game. I mean, that dude was a, was a bulldog. All right. Uh, what are we on text? Yeah. So my number two, never won a Cy Young, but he did throw a hundred miles an hour when he was in the 40, in his forties. Um, I'm going to go with Nolan Ryan just because the fact he elite has the most strikeouts. Um, he did walk a bunch of people, as we all know, um, I think he has a record for most base on balls, but I don't know about that. But um, 5,714 5, Nolan Ryan strikeouts. He's my number two. And I do have a funny story. One of my coaches told me in high school that they went to one of his pitching seminars and he talked for an hour. And the whole time he did that, he did that from the stretch where he's just on one leg and kept that knee up the whole time and just had that kind of strength. When That's he's pretty cool. 50, um, I'm going to Nolan Ryan, my number two. By the way, I got a text from William Haas while we're sitting here. Damn, why you got to roast me on roast me on my teammates' podcast like that? <laughs> oh, that means somebody ratted us out. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling it was Andrew. Yeah, I sent a video to him. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, um, my number two is Pedro. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure me and Rob have the same top three. Um, uh, Pedro is just un, unmatched when it comes to best changeups in the game and, and obviously best competitors. So, all right. Number, number one's for everybody, Rob. My number one's, uh, Greg Maddox, 
just because he's awesome. Um, ridiculous command, ridiculous stuff. And uh, what, 18 gold gloves too. Not that I judge a pitcher by his gold gloves, but that's that's uh, crazy longevity. Um, yeah, just, just, and if you go back and watch the movement on his stuff, it's, it's insane. Now, if you're looking historically, uh, Walter Johnson's kind of the only real answer that you would have is like the best pitcher of all time. Yeah. So, but I never got to see him pitch. I mean, if you look stats wise, that, I mean, you, you, I don't think you can even argue. Against that. Yeah. We don't have the same, uh, top five or top three. There, did you have Walter Johnson in there? I did. Yeah, that's a, I mean, I, so that's the right answer. If, if I wasn't looking at guys that I watched, um, you can't argue that Walter Johnson, I mean, just, I don't know what he could have done better. Yeah. Obviously I've only been in this world for almost 21 years. And so I haven't seen many of these guys throw. And so I'm basically going off a of baseball reference. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's again, I, I don't think it's debatable on that, but I, I, I wanted to go based on like kind of firsthand knowledge. I used to watch it. I mean, I had to go to a bunch of uh, Maddox's games, and I mean, it's crazy. But I, I, Walter Johnson, two seventeen lifetime ERA with four hundred seventeen wins, um, and was one hundred and ten shutouts. Who 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 is ever going to get one hundred and ten shutouts again? That's yeah. unbelievable. It, it's impossible. You can't do it. All right, Shelley, you're number one. As much as I want to put old Haas Radburn at number one because he won <laughs> 60 games, I'm going to go with Nolan Ryan. Um, I, I mean, first off, I think he's the unofficial hardest throwing pitcher of all time. I think there was like that, that documentary out there about his fastball. We should discuss that because I think it's bullshit, but he definitely threw hard. Yeah. Like, like there was a documentary that said that, but if you look and I've done – I actually uh, tweeted that out a while back. Go through the innings. You can see how the the way this gun set up, they were using a laser thing that was calibrated probably incorrectly. In the first inning, he was throwing 87. Um, yeah, and the and ninth then- inning, after 140 pitches, they clocked one at 100.7 near the plate, they said, which extrapolated to 108 miles an hour. Yeah, it's just made up stuff, to be honest. But aside from from the folk folklore of his fastball, the dude was able to pitch for yeah. what twenty four years with just uh, no pitch limit. The dude would throw like a hundred and fifty pitches an outing, and that was just normal. He'd come back what three five days doing the same exact thing. But strikeout machine. He had a little bit of command issues early in his career, but he was one of the most dominant pitchers of the seventies and eighties. And I mean, the guy definitely changed how starting pitching is viewed from a power pitcher standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I I actually do kind of want to go to Old Horse Radborn real quick. Uh, <laughs> now that you mentioned it. The dude had uh, sixty wins and um, seventy three complete games in eighteen eighty four. The story behind that's actually kind of funny how he's able to throw that much because I think. The other pitcher on the team like quit, and he was like, "All right, I'm gonna pitch the rest of the season." Then <laughs> won 60 games. I'm pretty one three eight ERA too. That's incredible. So I'm pretty sure also he's a legend because he is the first uh, guy in a photo that is giving somebody the finger. 
Nice. Go, go do look up old Haas finger and uh, and he's flipping somebody off in his in his baseball cart. I think he actually may now take over uh, Rogers Hornsby and Mike Trout as my favorite baseball players ever. Yeah, I mean he's he's a badass. <laughs> All right, Tex, give your number one. Um, so my number one, we mentioned him earlier, the great, the legend, Lil Stoner. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, although Lil Stoner did pitch 229 games, he had ERA 476. But my number one, um, we talked about earlier, Pedro Martinez, um, just because of the um, how we watched him growing up a little bit. But also the Walter Johnson, the Cy Youngs, they would be up there too as well. But Pedro Martinez, um, we talked about him earlier. Um, and he came out of the Dodgers, so um, obviously his career was a Red Sox. But Pedro Martinez was one. He hated the Dodgers at the. Did you? I mean, if if you read stuff, he thought that they screwed him over, and he always wanted to get back at them um, after yeah, he left. I think Tommy started him as a relief or something. Yeah, um, yeah, something like that. I I had read about that. All right. Well, that concludes position by position. I, well, obviously, I guess you already knew my. Haas is still blowing up my phone, by the way. <laughs> I, I think he's scared of what what the scatter report is going to show. He is. He's like, I hope you said some good things about me too. More questions. Man. Yeah. I wonder if he's asked any questions for you. From you. <laughs> well, I guess that is a question. I wonder. I mean, yeah, he's uh yeah, he's 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 a trip, that kid. Now he's a good dude. Yeah. And a baseball player. But all right, uh, Mr. Pitching Ninja, Rob Freeman, thank you for coming on this episode. It's uh, It's been a blast, and uh, keep up with the uh, funny names of uh, Lil Stoner, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, Lil Stoner's never going to be beaten. I mean, I don't even know what you could do to beat that. <laughs> big, big Stoner. Yeah, I guess so. I wonder if it was a big Stoner. Yeah, it probably was a big Stoner. I mean, there's, there's yeah. <laughs> the old school baseball nicknames are so just – they're so classic. Like we just don't see that anymore. Yeah, we do need to step up our uh, our nickname stuff. I mean, I, I like giving guys nicknames. I gave uh, Blake Trinan the witch nickname, and he hated it and made me I, stop. I was, I was gonna, thinking about asking you about that. How yeah. he did not like that. I, I was really curious. I got definitely two different confirmations because I wasn't going to stop, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to call somebody a nickname that they hate, especially because he could beat my ass if he wanted to. <laughs> uh, but it's like, why would I do that? Um, but I thought, I mean, the witch was, it was, it wasn't like to anything other than the fact he threw stuff that was just, it looked like witchcraft. I mean, it was crazy, but I think he, he's a, uh, he didn't like it cause it made it sound like he got his powers from something other than God. And I don't, I mean, I'm not going to dick on the dude. Interesting. Yeah, All right. I mean, he's a good dude. He's a, everybody likes him and, and, uh, I stopped as soon as he said it, but I still think yeah. it's a good name. I think it is a good one. Uh, but thanks for coming on the show. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to do this again. But before we go, we actually have a quick question. Uh, so obviously, you give out some gear. Uh, well, I mean, you don't give it out, but on on Roto, where you got you got some pitching ninja gear. You have a promo code for us or anything? <laughs> I can see what I could do. Uh, Haas said he ran by that the uh, the Call of Duty one by y'all didn't. Oh, yeah, that shirt was tough. Dude, it's going to be out maybe today at some point. I thought it was pretty cool. We might have to uh, go on a roto wear and get some get some merch just since, since we had you on. Absolutely. I do have one more question for you. 
um, since we are named the third base dugout, and uh, we know you're married to some kids, um, I was wondering, when you're growing up, what celebrity crush did you have that you would like to take third base when you're growing up? <laughs> Dude, I can't go into that. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm a married man, Tex. I'm married man, what are you doing? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> oh man all right i think we've got to end on that note <laughs> yeah exactly all right rob freeman everybody thanks for coming on so we didn't tell you about an extra segment we were going to have on today but obviously you've got the gang all here dear shelly tex how y'all doing good I like to first start off by Brian. I want to know who you think is better mustache. You see, Andrew, yours is thicker, and I like the little curl down at the bottom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shelly, yours is just simple and to the point. Yeah, it so, is. Right. Um, I think the winner of this, we're going to have two wages for the winner of our trivia segment here. All right? First wage, the other one has – the loser has to praise the winner's mustache – on the next episode of Third Base Dugout. And also the loser has to praise the other's favorite baseball team. So Shelly has to praise the Dodgers if he loses. And Tex has to praise the Red Sox if he loses. So our trivia today is going to be in a from an ESPN article that I found on the best single seasons. Uh, or I guess, yeah, I guess it's single seasons. Uh, records for each all 30 MLB teams. Now I'm not going to ask you the ones for they're all 30 because most of them are pretty obvious. But or they get like kind of crazy because I know like the Tigers one was a record for a seven for seven game uh, set by some dude that I don't even know him. I'm a Tigers fan. So uh, I've got 16 different questions for y'all. We're going to go through some team based questions and then MLB based questions. All right. So are you going to ask them and then we both answer and then you determine who's right yes so what i'm going to do i'll ask you each get two guesses all right all right make sure you think long and hard i can give you i can give you hints okay all right like i can give you i can give you time period for each one how about that yeah it works all right all right first question we're going to start with the orioles baltimore orioles who has the highest single-season batting average in Baltimore Orioles history? Andrew? Cal Rokin. Nope. Brooks Robinson. Nope. All right. Is I it – What era? What era? Oh, yeah, what era, what era? He set this in 2004. Brian Roberts. He Brian Roberts. Alongside Miguel Tejada. No, it was not Brian Roberts. All right, then we're both we both got it wrong. What did you say, Tex? Machado. Nope. Melvin Mora. Ah, he played in an insane 2004 season, batting 360 with 27 home runs, and finished 16th, or I think it was either 13th or 16th in MVP voting. Melvin Mora. Melvin Mora batted 360 and didn't even crack the top 10 of MVP voting. Another great M in the names game. Yep. Yes. All right, uh, on to the Houston Astros. Most consecutive winning decisions on the mound. Obviously, they've had a lot of good pitchers. All right, is it is it in the 80s? No. 
What are what era are we talking here? In the between 2000 and 2020, or I guess 2019 because we haven't had a season yet. Wait, 2010 to 2000. We'll go 2010 to 2019. Is it Garrett Cole? It is Garrett Cole. What? Yep. All right, well, I got to guess. I got to guess. I guess is Garrett Cole. It's whoever guesses first. Garrett Cole had 16 consecutive winning decisions this year. Boom. All right. One. Indians. This is kind of a double doozy. Most home runs in a single season. Carlos Santana. Nope. He's that big lefty. I forgot his name. Jim Tomey. Nope. He has the most home runs in franchise history, but he is does it, not have right, most... the 2000s. It is not. 1990s. Albert Bell. Albert Bell. Good job. I don't know, 90 Indians players? Yep. <laughs> most doubles in a season. That's two. All right, most doubles in a season. Tex, I'll give you the I'll give you the answer first, or I'll give your you the chance to answer first. In Cleveland history. In Cleveland history. In the nineties. It is. It is also in the nineteen nineties. David Bell. Who's That's David a, Bell? Or whoever the hell Selims just said. Albert Bell. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Albert Bell has single season records for home runs and doubles in this in a single season. For the in Indians history. Good guess. Just simple math. Yep. Pretty much. Big power guy. I don't even know what he looks like, honestly. All right. Tampa Bay Rays. Now, obviously, the Rays did not become a franchise until recently. They were the Devil Rays. So, in Tampa Bay Rays history, who has a single-season position player war in Tampa Bay Rays history? Carl Crawford. No. Evan Longoria. Nope. B.J. Upton. Well, that's together. three. All right. Um, single season more? Yep. Is it Carlos Pena? It is not. All right. Can I uh, ask for the era? The era, I can give you the exact year, which was 2009, in which they had a pretty dang good season. Uh, this guy, he has played a billion different positions and for a billion different teams. Come on, Selden should know the AL East. I, I think I have a name, but I'm scared to say it. Billion positions. Does he still play? He does still play. Ben Zobrist. Yes, Ben Zobrist. So, Shelly is up 3-1 to one right now. Ben Zobrist had an 8.6 war in 2009. It's pretty impressive. Um, all right, Rangers. Now, think about all the different players that the Rangers have had. Josh Hamilton. Um, Mark share Mark, I guess, yeah, Mark Deshere. A-Rod. Um, Adrian Beltre, Michael Young, Ian Kinsler, et cetera. They're only naming position players, so this is going to narrow it down. This is a position player stat. Okay. Unless you it. want to count pitchers in an OPS stat. Who has the highest OPS in a single season in Rangers history? Willie Gallo. Who? Willie Gallo? No. OPS Hamilton. OPS. Josh Hamilton. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. Salt Delmachia. Give me an era. He set this in 1999. A guy that is actually relatively well known.
You know, this isn't my guess, but I was gonna. My second guess was going to be a Rod, but when you said ninety nine, now that that changes it. I'm shocked it wasn't a Rod. Nope. So incredibly not. I thought it was gonna be a Rod as well or Beltre. All right. So my guess is for the Rangers, it's Pudge. Nope. Good guess. Who? Rafael Palmero. Ah. Oh, I always forget he plays for the OPS in 1999. All right. This is a fun one because you're going to think of two right off the bat that you're not going to get and that you're not going to be right. Uh, Florida Marlins slash Miami Marlins. Who has the most strikeouts in one game? Derek Lowe pitched for the Marlins? I believe he did, but no. All right, so my my initial one is uh, – it's not Josh Johnson, is it? It is not Josh Johnson. That is a good guess, though. Okay. You're in the right time frame. I believe. I think so. I don't know early Marlins players. Tex, you should know this if I tell when I tell you the answer. You should re- recognize this name. Did he play for the? Um... It is a name, man. Also All right. played for the Minnesota Twins. Carl Pavano. No. Oh man! All right, who is it? Wait, Tex, have you guessed? I don't know. I have no idea. Is Ricky Nolasco. I do know Ricky Nolasco. Sixteen strikeouts in two thousand nine. Against who? Tigers. Uh, I'll have to look that up for you. All right. Carl Pavano out of thin air, though. He did play for the Twins. He did. He sucked, but had a good year in like 03, I think. Yeah, Carl Pavano had, I think, one good year, right? One good year got paid and then disappeared. Yeah. Ricky Nolasco was famous for being very inconsistent. Um, All right. So, New York Mets, highest single season batting average. Fun fact he has the highest single season batting average for two different teams. You can get a double point if you name both of those teams. So it automatically eliminates David Wright. It does. This player, was actually, this player was actually featured for the Mets. Lenny Dykstra played for the year. Phillies and the Mets. Do what? Lenny Dykstra. No. Ah. Highest what? Highest that bonus uh, single season batting average in Mets history. What year? 1998. I got no idea, kid. Mm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say Mike Piazza. Nope. Damn. John Olerud. Yeah, I wasn't getting that one. <laughs> nope. Had a 354 batting average in 1998, and I believe his second team was the Blue Jays. He also has the um, highest single-season batting average for them as well. Now we are going to – Put another question on top of that that is more MLB-based, entire MLB. There's only one player in MLB history that has a single-season batting average record for three different Major League ball, cl- ball clubs. Who is it? He's in the Hall of Fame. Era. It's got to be early. Um, between 1900 and 1940. That's all I'll give you. Three teams. I don't even know. Do I get two guesses for this? Yes. What's his first name start with? R. 
Rogers Hornsby. Yes. I mean, Tech, <laughs> you, you literally just like gave him the answer. Like he you threw it up, and I was ask. like, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Shelly gets another one. Yeah. All right. Coast teams. My goodness. So Philadelphia Phillies single season home run record. I go with the East again. Ryan Howard. Yes. <gasps> Ryan Howard, 58 home easy. runs in 2006. All right, Tex, you're halfway uh, caught up to Shelly. All right, all right, wait. Four. How many home runs did he hit in 06? 58? 58. Who came in second for the major leagues that year? That's a question for you, Brian. Get on the board. 06? Um, I'm going to go with Big Poppy. Boom. Brian's on the board 54. now. 54. Brian is on the board. Yep. He is also the single season home run has a single season home run record for the Red Sox. Who did he beat? Who record did he break for the Red Sox? Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go two guesses here. First one, Teddy Will. Nope. Second one, Diaz. Nope. Who is it? Jimmy Fox. Oh wow! Jimmy Fox actually has a home run record for the A's. Fun fact. All right. Chicago Cubs, who has the most RBIs in a season? It's an MLB and franchise record. This will never be broken ever again. So it's not no crazy. one has even come close. And I'm, I don't even think either one of y'all have ever heard of this guy. So we might have just had to throw out this question. It's like early, 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 right? Like 1930. 1930. What? 1930. I should know this. I'm drawing a blank. You want me to give you an answer? No, wait, hold on. Um, all right, all right. 1930. Actually, looking up the answer. <laughs> I can see your screen changing colors. Billy Williams. No. Ryan Sandberg. Nope. 1930. Hack Wilson. Hack Wilson, yes. Dang, I'm that a That was your third guess. <laughs> Hack Wilson had 191 RBIs in 1930. That's an MLB record, right? That is an MLB record yeah, that likely good. will never be broken again. Holy crap. Um, all right. Now I'm going to move to a MLB uh, question. So three franchise in the MLB's history. So this is from the original 16. Three MLB – three original 16 franchises have never had a player with a 50 home run season. Can you name all three? All right. Um Two of these are reasonable. The third one's going to blow your mind. All right. So the Mets are probably one, right? No. No. The Mets Cardinals. were not an original franchise. Oh, original franchise? Yep, original 16. All right. Card- the Reds? Uh, no. The Reds had George Foster who hit 52. Cardinals? Uh, no. The Cardinals have Mark McGuire who hit 70. You are very <laughs> off. <laughs> original. Um. John, no, John said Bonds. Have the White Sox had anybody? The White Sox is one. Albert okay, Bell has nine. All right. Um, so the original teams. The Orioles an original team? 
The Orioles are an original. Oh, they are not. Excuse me, because uh, two franchises kind of came together to create the Orioles later in, I think, like two, 1930 or something. So, no, the Orioles are not an original team. Have the Pirates had one? The Pirates had Ralph Kiner, who had 54. Okay. The Phillies are – they're not – are they are – they, no, they don't count as an original. Ryan Howard they, had 58. Yeah, I was about to say, they don't count as an original. They do, actually. They, they are? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, eight, eight National League teams, eight American League teams. The, the You have one American League team, one National League team left. Who? What about the Athletics? Would the Oakland Athletics count? Uh, the A's actually had Jimmy Fox with 58. Well, no, I'm trying to think of like who are who are. Oh yes, yes, sorry. Okay. Text you you. The twins, yes, correct. Harmon Killebrew at 49. That leads the twins. In the National right. League. Yep, National League team. National League. So Cincinnati. What about the Cubs? Nope, the Cubs had Sammy Sosa with 66. Uh, okay, I forgot about Sosa. Um. National League. I said the Reds already, right? You already said the Reds. Okay. Um, the Braves? Nope. Andrew Jones at 51. Um, honestly, the, the whole the, – the hardest part is figuring out what teams are the original eight right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you've already guessed the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Phillies, the Reds, the Cubs, and the Braves. You are missing two different Brewers. Uh, the Brewers were technically an American League team to start. Yeah. No, they had Prince Fielder who had 50. All right. Uh, shoot. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Original. I feel like it's like super obvious, too. It is not super obvious. It is actually I, – I, I saw it, and it – just, I, I didn't even know what to think. All right, so give me the names of the National League teams that uh, we've already said. Braves, Cubs, Reds, Phillies, Pirates, and Cardinals. The Nationals don't count? Nationals were a part of the Senators franchise, which was also part of the Twins. The Senators broke off okay. into two different teams. The Mets. Actually, wait, wait. The Mets were the first one I said, right? Uh, yes, but the Mets were not an original franchise. The Giants had Barry Bonds, so that doesn't count. Yep, so now you are only missing one NL team. The Dodgers? Dodgers. Dodgers. No, that's not true. That is oh. 100% true. Can you name the Dodgers player who has the most home runs? Bellinger has like 46 or 40. 47 in his rookies in uh, 2019, actually. Yeah. That's the most all-time? The no, no, no. No, the, no, the lefty – he's a lefty hitter, isn't he? He is a lefty hitter in 2001. Mike, no. Tags, you gotta see, this. I, I know, I can see his face. I just can't see the name. Because I remember watching Rick Bellinger's Ricky Ian, and they're like, are you going to break it? You can see his face. Fun fact, or uh, add on to this, Adrian Beltre is second with 48. Bellinger is third with 47. 2001. Position. Right field. That didn't help me. I can see him. I can see him. Can you tell? I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to remember. Wait, what other teams do you play for? Just LA, I think. I believe just LA. I may be wrong on that. Is this like a, a 
obvious name, or was this like a one-year wonder? Um, he's like obvious name. The hardcore baseball fan knows him. Um, the mediocre baseball fan doesn't really know him, but the mediocre Dodger fan should. Well, where does that put me? The mediocre <laughs> Dodger fan. Because, I mean, you know him. You just can't think of the name right now. <sighs> All right. Yeah, give us the name. Sean Green. Sean Green. I knew that was him. From the oh. U, right? Did, did, did you go to the U or did you go to Clemson? Um, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up for you. Uh, yeah, Sean Green, 49 home runs in 2001. No other Dodger has had 50, 50 home runs. Yep. All right. So, wait. So, how do we divvy up the points there? Uh, so, neither of you get – well, um, So, Shelly, you got two of the three since you said the Dodgers um, as well. So, Shelly gets two points there. Tex gets one. And then we have one – Two, three more questions. Um, and these will be worth double. Ooh. All right. Most career home runs without a 50 home run season. Cody Bellinger. No. What? Wait. <laughs> Most career home runs without a 50 career – without a 50 home run season. John Green. No. Wait, are, we, are you he looking for the number point. or the player? Do what? You're looking for the number or the player? The player, and if you can give me the number. All right. Um, 50 home runs. In L or AL? In L. Tex, you've already used two guesses, right? 20 boundaries in count. <laughs> the man had, like, barely has a – I don't even know if he has 100 home runs yet in his career. But you said, you said American League? Yeah, American uh, no, League. No, it was National League. I believe you might have already said him, haven't you? Um, no, actually, he has he did play for one of the original 16, though. So he's National League. Uh, era, can I get the era? Mid 1900s, mid 1900, like 1950s. Uh, mid 1900s. Um, Give me a second. I can give you exact years. Um, let's see. All right, so from 1950s to 1970s. Roberto Clemente. No. Oh. Oh, he didn't hit a lot of home runs anyway. So that's one. So we got both have one guess, right? I have no idea. All right. It's going to be really obvious once you – well, I mean, kind of obvious. All right. 1950s to 70s, National League. East Coast or West Coast? East. East Coast. No way. Depends. Gonna be a brave. It it can't be. Is it is it who I think it is? I don't know. Who do you think it is? If I say Hank Aaron, am I wrong? You are not wrong. I knew it was a brave. 
Henry Lewis Aaron. Season? Henry Lewis Aaron, 756 home runs and no 50 home run seasons. Wow. I did not know that. Yep. He just hit like 40 every year. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he also <laughs> played for 22 years. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, all right, next. Uh, all right, so of all of the – uh, all right, so all of the great second basemen to play in the AL. Who has the AL record for most RBIs in a single season as a second best as a second baseman? Cano. No. The single season. Mm-hmm. 2001. AL? I believe he is related to a coach today. I think. I don't is want to draw. Is it uh what team? Seattle Mariners. Is it Roberto Alomar? No. Okay. Roberto Alomar, I believe, played in the nineties. You know, on those really good Blue Jays teams with Joe Carter. Yeah, yeah. Right. Seattle Mariners second baseman. <laughs> no those idea. Seattle Mariners teams were gross too. Yeah. Until they fell off a cliff in two thousand one. What? Jacob, your eyes are wondering. I'm thinking. Mm, where your hands I don't up? think it's computer screens up in a uh, in the ceiling though. No, he's got a bunch of baseball notes up here somewhere. He's like a he's like a GM on draft day in the virtual draft, just peering out as a ceiling. What were some other teams that he might have played for? Um, I don't believe he played for another team. I could be wrong. Mm. I will have that answer for you in roughly 10 seconds. Uh, sorry, he played for six different teams. Uh, excuse me, five different teams. Played for the Mariners, the Reds, the Braves, the Padres, and the Twins. He was a three-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, and two-time Silver Slugger. Hall of Famer, no. Um, no. Oh. Brett Boone. Yes, correct. Pretty sure you just looked that up, but. That, 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 that question was worth like 50 points, right? That was worth two. Hands where I could see him, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Last question here. What's the score going into the final question? Ellie, you're up by three, so Tex, you have zero chance to win this. No, this question's worth five. Okay, fine. This question will be worth five points just to give oh. Tex a chance. All right? No, make it worth four. So All right, four points. points. Four points. Who has the MLB record for most strikeouts in a playoff game? What, what year? No, AL or NL first? In a, NL in 1968. Bruh. Bob Gibson. Correct. Bob Gibson had 17 strikeouts in the game one of the World Series against the Tigers. Come back to me when you're playing trivia from when I was born. You weren't born in 1968. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't know who had the most strikeouts in an October playoff game. You're on a baseball podcast. You got to know some of this stuff. That's the best World Series performance besides the uh, – was it the Don, Don Larson perfect game? Um, yeah, probably in terms of a pitcher, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I think hitting, I think Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, that's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know, maybe the Dodgers in game, what, game three? You could say Max Muncy had the greatest game of all time. Game five of 2017 World Series. No, nah, I'm just kidding. They, they, the, the Dodgers were the first team to get swept in five games in history. Yeah, and then the greatest franchise and then all these. So, it's crazy. As a Red Sox series, you can make the argument that St. Louis is the greatest franchise of all time, aside from the Yankees and their titles, but I will never give a Yankees fan the satisfaction of telling them their franchise is the best. I mean, yeah. Screw those St. guys. St. Louis has a very, very good franchise, other than the fact that they're a home run leader. It's steroids. We will say the Tiger stuck. Yeah, that's correct. Tigers do suck. Hey, you got one World Series at least. Yeah. Yep. It's all right. More than um, the poor Mariners can say. Or the Mets. Or the Padres. Oh, the Mets have two. <laughs> Dale Strawberry, I'm kidding. Dale Strawberry. Great guy. Great off-the-field guy. They <laughs> should have had three. Low-key. Bill Buckner uh, through the legs. No, that was – that was 86. Oh, the Red Sox should have won that. Oh, Red correct. Sox, that was the Mets World Series. Yeah, that's my bad. The Red Sox should have won in 46. There was no reason the Mets didn't win the 2015 World Series. That Royals team was a team of destiny. They just played small ball. It was – you know what's the best part about the, that Royals team is how quickly it fell apart. But yeah, now they're they went they turned into like the worst team of baseball two years later. Different <laughs> Tigers. And the Mets turned into a walking hospital. Yeah, the Mets are still they're still messing around. They're still in their window. They had such an up and down season last year. Like they're all of a sudden it'd be like, oh wow, the Mets are in it, and then oh no, they, never mind, they're falling apart. Oh wait, no, they're back. They're actually in a wild card hunt. Oh no, they just fell off the face of the earth again. That's pretty much the way the Mets are. Yep. The as a whole. So I win. The text. Looks good, Jacob. Yes, it does. The next episode of the third base dugout text, you have to praise the Red Sox and Shelly's beard or mustache. I can't grow a beard. And also in a couple weeks, I will have a um, new beard for y'all and new facial hair. I can't grow a beard. I can't grow a beard. Let's just say this is going. This is my victory dance after beating Tex. Your victory dance? We should, you know, what the next video should be name game. Name game, but we have to, we have to make sure we have like Zoom Pro for this because dude, that's gonna take like five hours. I don't have to go speed round. What you have to answer in ten seconds? You have to be on the clock. Yeah. Text has to be all. I don't know who would watch that. Oh, it'd be absolutely entertaining. It would be. If you can find 10 people to watch that and sit through two hours worth of the name game, be my guest. Three of them are sitting right here. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point. But all right, that's all we have for the show today. Thank you all for listening and hope you all enjoyed the interview with the ninja himself, pitching ninja Rob Freeman. Tex, LA sucks. Shelly, the Red Sox suck as well, but good job there in trivia. We will see you all next week for another special interview. Thanks for – Says the Tiger fan in an Angels jersey. <laughs> hey, it's Mike Trout. It's Mike. Uh-
Into the jungle. Ain't no 